You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel. Coming up this week in episode 455, an anti-establishment quiz, revving up for driving gigs and feuding bandmates. That's all coming up after Sam Brown and Stop. All that I have is all that you've given me. Did you never worry that I come to depend on you? I gave you all the love I had in me. And now I find you lied, and I can't believe it's true. Wrapped in our arms, I see you across the street. I can't help but wonder if she knows what's going on. Oh, you talk of love, but you don't know how it feels. When you realize that you're not the only one.
one of my favourite singles of the 1980s, and just what a vocal performance. A hit all around the world, including number four in the UK from 1988, Sam Brown and Stop! It's brilliant, isn't it? She's just such a talent. I had the pleasure of seeing her when she was singing with Jules Holland's orchestra um, years ago, and she was just fantastic. She came on in an electric blue long coat and was electric, if I remember correctly. And it's, it just goes to show the power of that song that you say that came out. Was it 88 you say that came 88, yeah. Well, that was used in the first Bridget Jones film. Oh, right. Which is almost a decade. Well, I think it was about a decade later, I think. And um, and it was used as quite I believe it was used in Bridget Jones. And it was quite had a quite a sort of prominent. Oh, no, it was covered by Jamelia, I think, for Bridget Jones. It wasn't her version that was used, but it's a phenomenal song. It really is. She's a fantastic singer and it really is a phenomenal song that just keeps you know, I, th- I think that always stays re- relevant, really. And it was, it's been on um, Top of the Pops, the, the Top of the Pops that they keep repeating on BBC Four. That mm. that sort of made its way through a, a little while ago. And it so obviously stood head and shoulders above everything that was kind of surrounding it. It was over sort of about a, a, a two-month period, it felt like, of Top of the Pops. It was the only thing you'd really have any memory of now. <laughs> You would have seen her quite a long time ago because there's a rather sad coda to Sam Brown's singing career. In in 2007, she had problems with her vocal cords and she had a cyst removed and now she can't sing at all. No, it's terrible. I believe she does some ukulele work. Teaches ukulele in Oxfordshire, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so sad to hear it. It it really does make me sad. I would have seen her in about... 1999 2000 probably around that i would have been either at the top end of school or the bottom end of sixth form college it was at the white rock theater in hastings and she Mm -hmm. was she was extremely good i was trying to remember who the other vocalist was they may have had ruby turner ruby turner was the usual one wasn't she yeah so but um yeah i i think sam brown was an amazing performer and yes like you said that it's very sad coda but let's but but we will always have that record of hers and it will always be brilliant Hello and thank you for joining us for the Parish Council podcast. It's episode 455. I'm Terence Stackham and so now a woman who I've been led to believe has been spending the day in a sort of hedonistic paradise on exotic beaches. Luckily she's found time for us. It's Juliet Harris. That's very kind of you. Thank you. Can I just point out to any members of Her Majesty's Constabulary that are listening that I did in fact go to my local beach which was... Oh distance from my house i did not go and hang out with many millions of people on south end beach i am um, i had a nice walk <laughs> yes indeed i did not join the where's wally painting that was at south end beach i am um, no i had a nice wander down to uh to the beach in st leonard's and sat socially distanced three meters away from my lovely bandmate who is a, who is a member of a separate household her husband was not there because it is one person from each household who can meet so so well, we you were... paint a far less than hedonistic picture then it was extremely pleasant we had a lovely time there was a man and two children having a barbecue i think it was it was a sort of a i think the barbecue was under slightly more control than the kids were but anyway there were people we had people behaving sensibly and it was a very nice afternoon so yes it was hedonistic but not necessarily in the um in the uh in the party hard mass partying scenes from south end and other such um other such long-suffering beauty spots that we have seen 
Last week, Jules, you did very well in an extremely testing royalty-based musical Indeed, quiz. Indeed, which, which I heard about 0.5 of a second of every tune. Ex- exactly, yes. It, it was quite an achievement on your part. This week, the other side of the equation, in a quiz I'm calling Anarchy for the UK, It's Coming Sometime, uh, Maybe. Um, that's, that's a very stirring and committed proclamation. Well done. Well, You're very definite in your thoughts on that. I always thought that that maybe tag on the end you know anarchy for the uk it's coming some time and maybe i always thought the maybe took a great deal of the venom out of the <laughs> lyric you know we, we're going to tear down the establishment perhaps at, so at a future date yet to be yes. decided it's the uh, end of days possibly it's the end of a day at some day soon indeed my favorite anarchy in the uk recreation by the way is a cartoon that floats around social media occasionally that says anarchy in the uk in big letters and there are two stick people underneath and someone says would you like some tea and the other one says no <laughs> that is true anarchy in the uk surely well, I, funnily enough i listened to anarchy in the uk for the first time in maybe 20 or 30 years today wow and- i'm that you listen to it less often than I do. That is uh, a, that's a, a turn up for the I boot. Don't, I don't. It doesn't travel well. It sounded. You mentioned cartoon there. It sounded rather cartoonish to me. Rather like mm-hmm. Aqua's Barbie Girl or uh, the Archie Sugar Sugar that we were although talking we, about. Recently. Although we have defended Barbie Girl, can I just point out? But still, yeah. No, this is true. I ha- it, what I mean is, it didn't sound like ferocious and uh, terrifying. It just sounded rather we- sweet. Now here we go. Five clips of music. <laughs> yep. One point for spotting the anarchistic or anti-establishment reference in the titles. One bonus point for each artist you spot. Lovely. And um, being generous this week, the clips are slightly longer and it's an easy one to start us off with. Um, so yeah, five clips there. I think um, so. There's ten points on offer. Let's see how you get on with our anarchy awards. I started strongly and finished weakly, but let's see how we get on. I, I Revolution get really by the Beatles. Revolution B-side to Hey Jude. Um, lyrics indicating that John Lennon's doubts about revolutionary movements in the late 1960s count me in, count mm. me out. I like the I, I like the Revolution One version of that. That's altogether more kind of soporific. I think yes. that's a nice little, little flip of that. It's, it's the, the slower version on the on yeah, the White Album. Yeah, it's yeah. Acoustic led kind of, yeah. and that's more obvious where he's he's alternating between in and out. And I think that's quite a good. That's sort of not so much anarchic as as, as sort of ap- apathetic, really. I think that's quite a. I like the fact the two exist together. Mm-hmm. Number two. Oliver's Army by Elvis Costello. Ostensibly a comment on British imperialism referencing the troubles in Northern Ireland and the Puritan roundhead Oliver Cromwell. Four points out of four. Uh, So you've got number three. I know you've got number three. I mean, they're excellent records. Uh, Ghost Town by The Specials. 
couple of years into the Thatcher government, 1981, all about urban decay in the inner cities, which had been a feature of city existence for hundreds of years, but they blamed it on blamed it on Mrs. Thatcher. Now, number four, I think you'll know the band, surely. I struggled a bit on this. Um, I I was really st- was it Sham sixty nine? No, but good right era shouty big favourites of mine. Um oh god oh the Clash the Clash and what was the song? I was was it I'm so bored of the USA. No, what would they imagine them throwing bricks at the the world? Um, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, it was White Riot. Oh, of course it was. And that is so frustrating because I heard it the other day and enjoyed it enormously. Craig Charles is currently sitting in for Steve Lamack on Six Music and he does a feature which I feel you would enjoy called The Trunk of Punk, which yes. he opens from quarter past five to a half five every day and he takes suggestions. What music do you want to put in his Trunk of Punk? And he played White Riot and I drove along the A21 um, with the with the sun beating down, feeling like a punk. But obviously, I'm not much of a punk if I can't remember it. Although well, to what... be fair, all of these were before you were born. We always have to make that well, sort of clear, I think. The last track is The Jam. It is The Jam. I'm struggling with what the song is. I'm going to guess at Eaton Rifles. Correct. Hooray! Uh, of course, in 1977, Paul Weller urged people to vote Conservative. Yes, that is. Uh, horrible, before literally changing his tune in years to come. Who was that? Who Eaton Rifles, big favourite of uh, who? Cameron. David Cameron who I suspect might not have got the point. May not have quite understood that it wasn't uh, a cheer for the Eton School Rifle Corps. Indeed, although curiously, um, David Cameron, much influenced by his wife, Samantha Cameron, in their sort of taste in music, occasionally spotted creeping into the back of gigs at Brixton Academy, including Haim, I think, at one point. But it is rumoured that PJ Harvey's award of an MBE some years ago, was heavily driven by the fact that uh, Samantha Cameron, at least, possibly David Cameron, was a big fan of Let England Shake and pressured David Cameron to um, to to, uh, to recommend her to the Queen. Oh. And they, they, they always used to go to that the festival in the Chilterns with oh, the yeah, blur bloke. Yes, uh, Alex James's yeah. thing. There was a, there's a famous picture that said. I can't remember what it's of, called. Is it Cornbury? Yes, I think it is. That it, sounds it, right. Of, Maybe. of, of, uh, of uh, David Cameron, Alex James, and Jeremy Clarkson all together that circulates mm. around to uh, unanimous choruses of disapproval on 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 certain certain left wing facets of Twitter, shall we say? Well, you've proved your anti-establishment credentials because you've got nine out of ten only stumbling on White Riot. Thank you very much. Oi to the world. (laughs) Coming next, it's a crash course for the ravers. Are driving (laughs) gigs the future for live music? Uh, That's right after Little Richard. A little bit of something Should beat a whole lot of nothing, babe A whole lot of nothing, baby. You better hold on to what you got. Because what you think is nothing to someone else may be a lot. Yes, if you think your man ain't treating you right, sometimes. Stays out in the streets all night. You got your clothes all packed. You got your mind made up. You wanna leave him. You better stop 
and reconsider, baby. There's another woman waiting to receive him. A nipping or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. Should be so whole lot of nothing, babe. A little bit of something should be so whole lot of nothing, babe. You better hold on to what you got. Now there's an old, old story And I believe it's true You can't have your cake And eat it too Some women are never satisfied They do everything in a rush They don't seem to realize Occasionally, attempt to mark the passing of sort of music icons on this podcast, um, but we're, it, it, we we got a little bit of a backlog, rather sadly. So, uh, so I thought I'd pl- I'd pick this because I played this on my Northern Soul show that I do on Saturday evenings, and it's a sort of a Northern Soul type tune, and I just really liked it. And I think the lyrics are quite are quite poignant and quite timely, I think, at the moment as well. So that's Little Richard and a little bit of something beats a whole lot of nothing. I was a very young chap. I saw Little Richard at the Hammersmith Palais. Oh, wow. In 1975. His whole set lasted about 45 minutes. And there was a very extended intro before he came on uh, stage. Probably about a 10-minute intro. And he came on. He came on wearing a sort of pink or purple bolero leather Mm. jacket, which meant there were a lot of boos from teddy boys in the crowd, ageing teddy boys, who just wanted old school rock and roll. And then, to add to this, add fuel to the fire, he started with a load of kind of funk, soulish numbers, not unlike what we've just heard, um, which set the booing off again. But I remember he did throw in some of his old hits, which which probably saved a riot in Probably yes, a white riot in Hammersmith, I should Indeed. think. So, uh, so yeah, that's a pity that. But I, I think he, I, I, I've always been. Oh, he was great, by the way. Yeah, I loved it, it was, but it was the yeah. Teddy Boys that didn't yeah, like it. Right. I admire Little Richard as a sort of a pioneer.
pioneer really and um of, of sort of doing things a different way i mean he he changed the world with a sentence which is a what whopaloo bop a lot bamboo that just changed everything i think and i i'm rather amused and entertained by the fact that he's always insisted that he was bisexual or probably gay and the one person that has insisted you know without doubt that he isn't is the woman that he was married to so but <laughs> so, you know i guess well she would wouldn't she but um but yeah i i, I find him an incredibly entertaining figure and i'm terribly sorry to hear that he's he's passed away because he genuinely was one of the most important people in popular music at that time i think I talk about his preferences i think what uh, gave some people a bit of a start was they didn't didn't know he had one it said you know sadly when he did uh, die you know it said he was surrounded by his family including his son and people thought oh my god he's got a son you know yeah what? yes and unexpected yes yes um i remember seeing the movie american graffiti in the early 1970s and being absolutely dazzled by this wonderful mm-hmm. insight into american culture the chevrolets and the f- mm. ford impalas cruising about with impossibly beautiful women and wolfman jack on the radio but i was particularly um entranced by the concept of a drive-in diner mm. you could drive right up to a restaurant stay in your car order your food and wait for this a glamorous girl on roller skates delivered the food to your car it it just seemed impossibly bewitching absolutely well, now drive-ins are being proposed as a comeback route for musicians. You arrive at these um, presumably newly developed venues, park your car two metres away from the next vehicle, tune your radio to a specific frequency, and here come the musicians uh, onto a specially elevated stage um, to entertain you. How does this appeal, Jules? Will you be at the wheel of your rather uniquely coloured car heading off to see your favourite acts at the drive-in? Indeed. Well, when I bought my car a couple of years ago, we actually dedicated a section of this very podcast to an article that I found that said, what does your colour car say about you? I can't remember. People can't even agree on what colour my car is. Uh, You know, ready orange, salmon, coral. um, Terracotta. Absolutely, yes, lurid in some unkind quarters. But anyway, um, me and the Citroen will probably not be going to a driving gig, I don't think. Um, I think it's interesting to think about the distinction between drive-in cinema and and driving gigs, I think. And like you say, drive-in cinema is an extremely appealing uh, concept because, of course, the thing about being an audience for a film is that you are not expected to, and indeed in a cinema, you are actively discouraged from contributing. Mm, you're not there you're there to experience it with other people i suppose and there is there is a bit of a thrill about everybody in the cinema laughing at the same joke as you i do enjoy that i must admit but you're not you're not there to sort of clap and add to the atmosphere you're there to watch it to just simply to sort of watch something it's a it's an experience you're absorbing rather than necessarily being a part of and contributing to whereas i think we've talked about it previously the whole on this podcast the whole point of live music is that you are you are you know this is why people like to perform in front of live crowds because you've got people that are actively enjoying your music this you know we've you know i've played in bands singing along clapping along that sort of thing it's it feels a little bit like a two-way conversation even though you're the one that's mostly on transmit um you know it, it, it's it's live audiences have a great energy that everybody feeds off and it's difficult to see you know yes everybody might be open to open the windows of their cars so perhaps you could hear people you know singing and clapping along but for me it feels it it, it feels like you as a performer i would feel like it you, you were just simply on transmit and in a way how are people sat in their cars 
um, you know, that you can't necessarily see very well and can't clap along, etc. How are they any different to people watching at home? And indeed, if you go in a car, you know, why why would you bother to go in a car? Yes, you could see other people around you, but they're all in cars as well i can i can it's difficult we're all going to have to grapple with what's increasingly being referred to as the new normal we've all got to accept and my my friend was saying this earlier on that you know it's 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 going to be difficult and we all try try to go back to normal only to discover we can't go back to normal we've got to go back to something else so i can understand that people are trying to trying to work their way through this but equally you know, it's it's uh, I would struggle both as a as a, you know, as a punter and as a performer, I think. I hope live music can be successfully revived. I'm not sure this driving concept either. Same as you is the way to do it. People people get excited at music gigs. A lot of particularly younger people like to get up and jump about. And I foresee lots of young people clambering onto the roof of their cars to bop about while people in the rows behind in cars chuck stuff at them because they can't see. And um this 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 this, i promise you this next bit is true there's denmark are trialing it this weekend and i've been looking into this um there's a series of gigs here i think as well and la as well in denmark this weekend 600 cars uh, they're gonna they're gonna try it with five people to cars. Um, why i'm saying you're gonna have to trust me on this believe me when i get to the rules and regulations um 600 cars are going to be allowed in. I did see the lineup of bands. I didn't know any of them. I think they're, they're probably uh, Scandinavian. So forgive me. I can't remember the name of the bands. Yeah, 600 right. cars, five people to a car and drinks and food on sale at the car window. Now, here come the rules. You can't open a sunroof or have an open top car. Wait right. for this. There are no toilet facilities. It oh, says man. in the event of an emergency, contact a parking attendant Uh (laughs) whatever those parking attendants are being paid is not going to be enough i promise you this is true in the faqs they say this i'm going to say it word for word quote please empty your bladder thoroughly at home end of quote (laughs) oh dear (laughs) more more faqs and answers you may not get out of the car during the event doors and windows must remain closed guards have the right to expel you if the rules are not complied with so it sounds like a real fun night out it's not going to work no, I don't think it is. And actually, having had a look at that, there's an interview with Mads Langer, who played at a previous one that they'd staged in Denmark. Um, how does this sound, Terence? Instead of applauding, fans showed their appreciation by blowing their horns and l- using their windscreen wipers, while staff in hazmat suits served up, t- uh, served up movie snacks and drinks. It just sounds horrible, doesn't it? It's joyless, doesn't it, really? You you know, in those 600 cars, Jules, you'd only need one idiot who thinks it'd be funny to punch the horn during a quiet section of some singer-songwriter's most intimate song. Yeah. Oh, it sounds horrendous doesn't it it doesn't if this i mean i really hope this isn't the future of live music i hope this is just a sort of a hiatus rather than necessarily what it's going to turn into let's let's hope that that eventually progress can be made scientifically on this that means that we are able to get back to all being together empty your bladder thoroughly at home <laughs> maybe we should start playing that at the start of this podcast. <laughs> What a way to open a show, eh? I know. Coming right up, seeking the best feuds in popular music. <laughs> Feuding <laughs> bandmates. Yeah. 
right after Mary Chapin Carpenter. She makes his coffee, she makes his bed, she does the laundry, she keeps him fed. When she was 21, she wore her mother's lace. in the states in the 1970s for an anti-aging supplement and this bloke in the in the uh, commercial this bloke impressed that his wife is taking this anti-aging supplement it, he has the tagline uh, in the ad 
my wife, <laughs> I think I'll keep her, oh. which was the appalling state of advertising at the time. This song was written rather punching a hole in that philosophy from December 1993, the splendid Mary Chapin Carpenter, and he thinks he'll keep her. Oh, indeed, indeed. I like the song. I don't like the, the, the origin, but uh, I have a lot of time for Mary Chapin Carpenter. Yes. Um, well, she, it was her kind of answer to that uh, in saying, you know, that, that uh, uh, he thinks he'll keep her, does he? Um, mm, yes, quite. Well, rather like marriages. Um, some bands stay together for richer, for poorer and so on, whilst others have long protracted divorces. And mm. uh, we thought we'd look at some of the musical divorces, remarriages and further breakups of rock bands through the years. When I saw... The Woodstock movie in 1970, I had no idea that Neil Young had actually been on stage with Crosby, Stills and Nash throughout the whole thing. Because if you look at the footage, there's not one sign of Neil Young. This is because he demanded for rather obscure reasons to be left out of the filming. It was an early insight into their personality clashes. Yeah, right. In the early years, it was always Neil Young that was the outsider, and Crosby, Stills and Nash were particularly tight, toured together often without Neil Young, um, especially Nash and Crosby, uh, that were very close pals. <laughs> but yeah. fast forward 50 years, and the feud is still go- ongoing in that band, but with a twist. It's now David Crosby who's the outcast, <laughs> after he made rather unseemly remarks about Neil Young's then new relationship with Daryl Hannah, mm. um, that, that, that Neil Young and Daryl Hannah subsequently married. But worse was to come, that the great almost lifelong partnership of Crosby and Graham Nash was Mm -hmm. blown apart when Nash left his wife of 38 years in 2016 to marry a lady who's not only 37 years younger than him but also looks rather significantly perhaps alarmingly like Joni Mitchell Mm -hmm. and Crosby again made some cutting remarks along the lines of what the f do you think you're doing and now Crosby and Nash don't speak at all. So Crosby stills Nash and Young. So our house is a very, very dysfunctional house, I think. Um, Feuding bands, Jules. Well, firstly, can I just say that weirdly, and I never thought that I'd say this, David Crosby actually comes out reasonably well out of that, in my view, in that it's him that's I, I quite admire from a feminist viewpoint, him objecting to his bandmates trading in their long standing wives for for younger models. I am um, I have some time for David Crosby. I never thought I'd say that. My friend once described David Crosby as heroically awful and uh, I felt that was a good description. But anyway, um yeah, feuding bands. It's it's strange, isn't it, how bands can be so close and perhaps it is perhaps it is the case that Maybe bands are so close that they, they, they are on top of each other for such a kind of an intense period of time, aren't they? That maybe being that close to someone all the time that you're not in a relationship or you're not in a family with and bandmates can feel like they're both sometimes. That It then kind of it sort of boils over, doesn't it? Famously Fleetwood Mac and their kind of wife swapping that went on. Now, I'm surprised that 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 band lasted. Although, interestingly, I know that Lindsay Buckingham was pretty much asked to leave recently, wasn't he? So just oh, goes yeah. to show that old old feuds old views can uh, can um, develop into new feuds as you say with with CSMY but um I I'm interested in um interested in 
well, speaking of families and family dysfunction, what is it about Crowded House that they managed to contain two brothers without a problem? Yet Oasis and Noel and Liam Gallagher somehow haven't managed that. I don't know, really. It was their feuding that we well, actually wrote a song about their feuding. I believe that Acquiescence, uh, one of their B-sides, is actually written about the fact that they keep <laughs> rowing all the time. Hence Noel Gallagher's uh Liam sings the the lead vocal and then Noel Gallagher's backing vocal on the chorus says we need each other and uh, which is quite I mean it's, I think that's quite sweet actually. I think they do I think subsequent events show that they do quite having that. said that I've enjoyed Noel Gallagher in the high flying birds mm. LPs, and Liam Gallagher's most recent effort was uh, or, or his his initial effort as you are was was very good I thought but having said that yes uh, you know interestingly i don't think it will ever happen now and the reason i don't think it'll ever happen is that i think the point at which everything pointed towards it's it happening was the concert for manchester in 2017 after the after the terror attack and if they couldn't reunite for that then i don't think they'll ever reunite there's been a lot of um noel gallagher very cross about liam gallagher making comments about his wife and children, and and I think both sets of Gallagher kids are now feuding as well, which is rather sad, really. It feels a little bit like Romeo and Juliet that is kind of going to go on through the generations, really. It's a shame because it was their relationship that made Oasis so compelling, really. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't think that's ever going to happen again. Um, even less likely to happen than that is the Smiths reuniting. Oh, goodness me. Yeah, that's not going to happen, is it? Uh, I mean, they, at one point, they probably could have named their price. I suspect they used to get big money offers every single year. I'd be surprised if they didn't. But um, I think the reason why it won't be happening, summed up by someone tweeting, someone tweeted at Johnny Marr last year in November time, saying, will the Smiths get back together? And Johnny Marr simply responded, Nigel Farage on guitar. <laughs> and unfortunately morris is um not so much flirting with the far right as completely getting into bed mm. with them um has meant that the the chances of the smiths happening again i don't think it'll ever happen again i thought it was unlikely before but i yeah i, I don't i i can't imagine johnny marr going along with it and if you don't have any of those members in that band and it's not that band is it no it's not no that's just simply not going to work um for years um, Peter Hook and Bernard Sumner first in Joy Division, then in New Order. They managed to live with their antipathy towards each other, and and the, and the band survived. Yes. Uh, the whole seemingly greater than the indi- individual parts. I can remember back in the late seventies when um, Joy Division hadn't been in the in the public eye for too long. I can remember then tales were rife of arguments, shouting, and general antagonism between the two of them. But over the many many years of New Order, everything seemed to build up and but unlike david crosby there wasn't just some sort of um words that were said that caused the 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 bust up it always seemed to be a question of which one of hook or sumner would walk first mm. but just like when roger waters left pink floyd and mm. he thought he was ending the group but it turned out it wasn't the end peter hook left new order with the intention of breaking the band up but you can replace a bass player, and so they continue without him. So um, with with them, it's you know less new order, more disorder. But <laughs> oh, very good. Thank you very much. Sometimes, though, I think 
but talking about you know bringing them back together again sometimes big life events happen that reunite people there had been a mm. coolness between paul weller and bruce foxton for mm. decades but when paul's dad died a few years ago bruce foxton went to the funeral and they've collaborated musically several times since on paul weller's solo albums bruce foxton's appeared and paul weller's been on Bruce Foxton's um, uh, material as well. So really nice. I'm glad to hear that. That's 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 proper friendship that endures, isn't it? Really, and that's uh, that's really touching. I I love that. By the way, interestingly, on, on the Hook and Sumner thing, mm. of course, New Order is still going without Peter Hook, and uh, and uh, and and Hook is now um, is is now he was touring this rather bizarre thing called Peter Hook and the Light. which is basically recreating the hits of Joy Division and New Order. And in the olden days where people could play gigs outside, they Mm. played, they had a sort of a weekender on Hastings Pier when it was under different management and Peter Hook and the Light played. And I sat... Well, I suppose it would be a bit seen as appropriate now. I sat at a picnic table outside a restaurant with some friends of mine and we could hear it coming from across the seafront. And it sounded like whoever his band he had were doing, you know, reasonably kind of paint by numbers versions mm. of, of, you know, Joy Division and New Order hits. You could recognise the bass lines coming over. But the thought of him seeing it, singing Ian Curtis's songs, I don't see that as being particularly respectful, really. And I'm probably I'm probably on um, Bernard Sumner's side in that. I think of the ones we've been mentioning, I think, excuse me, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young are the least likely to reunite. I don't fully agree with you about Noel and Liam. I think they will almost certainly come back together one day, maybe under family pressure, maybe their mum as they get older. Mm -hmm. Waters and Gilmore buried the hatchet once, of course, for the recreation of Live Aid. Was it Live Aid? Yes, indeed. Very recently. have shown that it's very much been uh, dug up hasn't it that hatchet so they, they might yes yes indeed it's been in the news this week but you know they may do so again but um hook and sumner less likely but you see again you never know neither of them i think i wouldn't think anybody in new order is spectacularly rich they may be i don't know um the offer of a multi-million pound tour the original new order i would say you know mm-hmm. don't don't rule it out to see wouldn't it it depends mm. how much new order is still making although having said that interestingly their um their recent records have had quite a lot of success i think they've sold have they? i wasn't well, sure yes. um well i think that the one that, that's the brightly colored one um that i'm looking up to see what it's called now um it's um it had a song called tutti frutti on it which someone actually once asked me to if i'd play when i was out djing um mm. it's it's from an album called uh, Music Complete, which came out in 2015, and that was um, that was pretty successful. I think I remember it being all over, um, I it being all over Six Music, and it being uh, it quite successful. It, it got very good reviews. And five they, years ago, though, and it, it, not not really a long tail to it, I wouldn't think. Well, I I don't know, but they <laughs> um, I'm just having a look to see if they had any more recent records. Um, but they um, having said that, the fact they released a record five years ago, um, that's, that's considerably more recent than a lot of these bands that we're talking about reuniting. Mm. I mean, they were still doing a US tour a couple of years ago, and they're still they were still um, they'd still sold out their gig at the O2 that was due to take place in October. So um, so I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what happened. I, I certainly think that Peter Hook 
I think he's been pretty, I think that people have been pretty open about the fact that Hook needs them. The reason they fell out in the first place was over the fact that Peter Hook, I think, had, there was a very, very long thread on Twitter that I can't find now that mm. went into incredible amounts of detail on this. And the, the, the sum total of it seemed to be that, that, that they, New Order did not want to tour very much. They wanted to do kind of records and then, like you say, not have a particularly long tail aspects of Peter Hook's financial situation were mm. such that he really, really wanted them to play all the time and they didn't. So I think I think that didn't help either. Which is why he was he was, you know, he then set up effectively Peter Hook and the light to tour. Yes. No, I, yeah, I can see how that uh, conflict would would cause what what it has caused. As always, thank you very much for joining us in these difficult days. Yes, thank you. It's very nice to have you with us and vice versa. Now, just looking for reviews, uh, reviews of your radio shows again. Um, what is this nonsense? An insane show. No, sorry, I got confused again, Jules. They were reviews for Sean Ryder on UFOs on the History Channel. I, I got confused. I'm sorry to have missed that. I might try and catch up with that. That sounds good. That sounds terribly great or greatly terrible. I can't decide. Here's the real reviews from last week for Juliet shows. Love it. Really enjoyable two hours, pure happy tunes. How can we hear more of this, Jules? Well, that is very nice of you, and indeed those you have quoted directly to say so. Um, I'm back on my Mixler channel this week. We spell Mixler, M-I-X-L-R.com. Um, if you search my name on there, Juliet Harris, you should be able to find my page fairly, fairly easily. It's my little sort of channel. And I go live on Saturday evenings from five until seven with the Saturday social, which is Northern Salt, Motown, um, Mod, etc. And on Sunday evenings from seven till nine, I go live with Smooth Sailing, which is yacht rock, smooth tunes, M.O.R., kind of, you know, classic pop, sort of, you know, just just music that's that's not necessarily cool, but is very enjoyable. So I think it's good as well. I, I always play records that are good, even if they're not very cool. I did get some hate mail about Sade and Terence Trent Derby this week. But, oh, um, but never they were great. Indeed. I mean, not to everyone's taste, it turns out. My 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 perfect quote, um <laughs> uh, 30 seconds of deterrence Trent Derby. If you're putting Sade on after this, I'm off to the loo, which unfortunately I did and they and they did. And as a critic's husband then t- then said to me, the only person that she dislikes more than Terence Trent Darby is Sade. I mean, I don't see what there Who is. Who could dislike Sade? My goodness me. I know. I'd, maybe it was just overexposure. I'd, apparently, according to my friends that run a record shop, her records were so Diamond Life, which you'd think that the records that are enormous selling, you'd think that, as much as I love Diamond Life, you'd think that it sold so much that everybody that needed to own Diamond Life probably has by now if you see what i mean hmm. no every time it comes into their shop it sells really quickly i can imagine it's interesting so yeah maybe there is maybe maybe it's time she had another comeback why not eh? and finally their jewels craft work yes indeed unfortunately our chronicling of um our chronicling of of um rock passings away unfortunately they have to include uh, florian schneider which i was very sorry to hear about one of the last things i saw before the lockdown was um was uh, dj foods um craft work tribute show that he uh, where he cut up lots of their tunes and played some remixes and cover versions with sort of video screens and it was excellent um craft work you know i don't think there was a band that existed like 
them beforehand and I don't really think there's anybody that's been like them since if you see what I mean I think they they did something that was extremely unique um my favorite moment by the way and I will inflict this on other people because I had to stand through it was uh, it was at this show where um DJ Food started playing the model Mm-hmm. Um, with lots of um, lots of sort of uh, uh, f- lots of footage of twenties and thirties style flappers kind of dance, oh, yes. which was great. And myself and my my friend that was watching, we suddenly became aware there was something else going on under the under the the music, and we couldn't work out what it was. And her husband said, "Oh no!" At which point. Right, said Fred, doing "I'm I'm too sexy" oh, burst open, and it was it was an inspired mashup, and it was very enjoyable. In a kind of a "Oh no, I will never hear this song the same way." <laughs> so have that, guys. You're welcome from me. But it will play the unencumbered by Right, said version indeed of of the model now by Craftwork.
You've been listening to a Parish Council production.